0: All of us experience pain, and certainly we experience the pain of our patients when we try to treat them. We talk to them about it. We try to come up with different options. It's a constant battle, and of course, with so many people now turning to opioids and those other medications, unfortunately, we're having issues as well. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to Primary Care today on ReachMD. I have a very special guest tonight. It's Dr. Bob Arnott. You probably know of Dr. Bob from his years on the Today Show or on CBS Morning News or perhaps his programs that he has done throughout the years and really for his work traveling around the world as a correspondent. First of all, welcome to the program, Dr. Renat. It's great to have you here. Hey, Brian. It's great to be on. I know you've been an inspiration to so many primary care providers,
1: and I'm just delighted to join you this evening.
0: Well, you know, we have a great audience for you to talk to because it's physician audience. Now, certainly we don't just exclude anyone else. Other people can listen, but really the podcast and the programs are designed for physicians. So feel free to speak as a doctor addressing other physicians as well. And the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is you were very athletic and I was, I was really surprised to see it. Maybe we'll start off with that. I saw where you, I guess what that would be called, like sail surfing or board surfing where you're standing with the paddle. No, I saw that where you actually won a championship. Well, you know, it's, it's actually, I, so my big message is, as you go older,
1: you have to go really hard to the end. I mean, if you really want to, you know, live as you're 25 into your 60s, 70s, 80s, and maybe even 90s, you have to take the lesson of like the Nordic cross-country ski racers. The 85-year-old division may be the most active and ferociously competitive that there is. Well, the kind of summertime equivalent of that is called stand-up patent. We call it SUP. And doesn't really do the sport justice. What it really is, is it's big ocean, mega endurance, high wind, big wave surfing. So as an example, our world championship starts out by about 7.30 in the morning on the island of Molokai. And you can hear the wind whistling through the trees. You leave the shore, you start to get out there, and then the wind just starts to pound 15, 20, 25, 30 knots. Then you'll have these swells behind you that can be up to 20 feet tall or so, crashing down on you. In the meantime you're on this super narrow little surfboard where you are paddling it, you know, right at max PO2. I mean, just as hard as you possibly can using every major muscle group in your body for seven to eight hours. And then when you get to Oahu, you come around the China wall and you'll have a head and a half high waves where it's either crash and burn, where you become a garage sale with all your equipment or you make it to the finish line. So I race every weekend. I was out yesterday. We had 36 knot winds gusting to 47 on Lake Champlain, a 16-mile, just grueling downwind paddle that takes every last out of energy out of you. And, Ryan, you know, I go out and I, I compete against the kid, the 20, 25, 30 year olds, and I'm usually on the podium and can often win. And I think that's in part because of modern medicine. I've replaced both hips. So I've gone from, a, you know, a guy who couldn't walk a block to competitive ski racing and sup racing. And you know, part of it just really wanted to be super, super fit, But with that, of course, comes a lot of pain.
0: Well, you're listening to Primary Care Today on Reach MD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, I guess it is Dr. Bob Arnott. And now you in the broadcast business obviously had to be a role model for hundreds of thousands, millions, especially the years you were doing it. Regular standard television without cable was pretty big. I mean, when when you were doing Today, when you were doing CBS, when you were doing these shows, there were a lot of people watching, not necessarily the numbers we have today where it's so fragmented. And you had a real opportunity to reach out to people. And when you did, was that an important part of what you tried to do to be a role model, to be exercising and to show others about it?
1: You know, there was a guy who was chief of mass general when I was growing up, and he had a wonderful quote that I live by, and that is, the next big step in American medicine is what the patient can do for himself or herself. And so I lived and breathed that on CBS and NBC. I was a huge believer in the broadcast platform. You know, when I was early in my career, I went to visit this guy in Cambridge. He was a physician. He was doing world health, and, you know, I was very interested in how to kind of make an impact, and I turned to him. I said, you know, what do I do? You know, I'd love to do epidemiology, if would are working out in the field, he turned to me and goes, Bob, if you want to make an impact, do broadcast medicine. And so that's that's what I accidentally ended up doing. It was tremendously satisfying in terms of being able to really help people and to teach patients about good outcomes and the right kinds of doctors and the right kinds of treatments and how to really change their lives.
0: And, of course, things have changed to a large extent now where there are so many vehicles. For instance, ReachMD wouldn't have existed 15, 25 years ago in the form it is now where people can download podcasts and they can listen to things and you can get a specialized audience. How are you using the media to try to educate others about this? And I want to talk a little bit more about your your pain and and how you deal with pain. But, first of all, how do you use the media now to try to reach out to people? You know, Brian, what I try to do is to really add
1: value, and I do that by writing books. For instance, I have a book out now on coffee, which – may seem like an unusual topic because all the years I did broadcasting, I was looking for the next story on how it would kill you, right? Or, you know, (laughs) cause a heart attack or something awful. And after this giant New England Journal study showing that there was, out of 5 million consumer years, that there was a 15% decrease in all-cause death for women and 10% for men, I took a very good look at it and, you know, spent three years in the lab doing analytical chemistry, finding that the secret were these polyphenols, of which there were many more in coffee than anything else in the American diet. And... Then the right coffee is having up to 20 times more. So the idea that was, you know, here was a book that has a very good diet and it, it, was basically predicated on drinking the right kind of coffee. And What's great is to dig, 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 deep. You know, the trouble with television today is, you know, it's very superficial and you kind of read a wire story and it's over. So the ability to go out and do your own analytical chemistry, your own clinical trials, as we did down at the North Carolina Research Campus, and then publish a big book and really sort of change trajectories is what I love to do.
0: And you make a good point because you were in the business, I was in the that aspect of the business in the traditional years where you could do really a minute and a half, a minute and 45 in depth on a topic. And if it was a special series, you might even go over two minutes. Now, usually everything gets about 10 to 12 seconds. And that's essentially the attention span of, of people too. They just want to get the quick hit. And it's
1: all dominated, you know, of course, by, by all the celebrity gossip instead of real stuff. So that you know, the real issues is in the word of to us. I still spend a lot of time in the developing world where I think it's critically important Americans understand it and how we can make an impact and just very hard to do that nowadays on mainstream media.
0: I want to have your advice for physicians. A lot of physicians practicing medicine listen to this program and they talk about the battles they have, you know, educating their own patients, trying to get them more active, trying to get them to follow the proper diet. They have opportunities, but of course more and more limited by time, the 15-minute visit, trying to bill RVUs, all those things. So what do you suggest as the most effective way for them as a physician yourself to get word across to them so that maybe they can help their patients a bit
1: so i think you really have to be
0: inspirational
1: you know in other words you can say diet and exercise a hundred million times and it's never going to get one of your patients to even walk up a step it's just not going to work so with me i mean i'll get people wildly excited about stand-up surfing as an example you know when i get bored and get out there and you know i convert a lot of people to get out there and try it and it's fun you know i wrote a book many years ago called Turning Back the Clock about, it's my first kind of lifestyle book on how, you know, you could be 25 in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And, you know, a big part of it was what I said, be an athlete. Find something you absolutely love. I mean, it was rollerblading or cross-country skiing or tennis or whatever it was. Golf, I mean, it was golf, walk around the course, you know, or power hike around the course. But find something you love. And it's the same thing with diet. My last book before The Coffee Lovers Diet was The Aztec Diet. And, It was a phenomenal tale of the Aztec capital and how they had captured all of the very best crops in the entire northern hemisphere and how these crops eventually transformed Europe and China when they got there. You know, their life expectancy tremendously increased. But it was an inspirational diet. It was fun learning about the ancient grains, learning about chia. So I think people have to be, they really have to be inspired. You know, the public health is out there. I mean, what you're supposed to do is clear as day, but you need people to do it in a big office practice. You know, I would say, you know, recommend certain books or shows or things that you do yourself and be an inspiration. You know, there's no good sort of pointing to patient's lung x-ray with your cigarette and, you know, ashes sort of falling on the floor as
0: we've seen before. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. My guest, Dr. Bob Arnott, he is an award-winning journalist, physician, author of 12 books on nutrition and health, host of the Dr. Danger Reality TV series, and you may remember him as well as being chief medical correspondent for NBC and CBS News and chief foreign correspondent for MSNBC. Your most recent book, as you mentioned, is Change Your Coffee, Change Your Life, You've also been involved in numerous international medical and humanitarian organizations. And as we get to the final part of this program, you're also an avid athlete. We talked about the paddleboard world championships where you actually were an award winner. What about the exercising patient? you want to get them out there, but they haven't been doing much. What's your advice to get them started? Because I know you have a sports medicine background as well. What's the best way to get them into it without harming themselves too?
1: So what I tell everybody is look, your first objective is to really build up your tendons and ligaments so you can withstand the, you know, the strain of exercise. So if you're in a run, have a walking program, you know, a walk-run program. So you know, take it easy. The best piece of advice I give people is to get on a treadmill, put it at 15 degrees, and just walk on it. Take an iPad, answer your emails, look at a movie, read the New York Times, read a medical journal, whatever it is. But just have something that's easy to do within your day. And then the other piece, of course, is the pain piece. So, I have been an enormous advocate for years, really, for topical pain formulation. A few years ago, I did this Molokai Oahu race, 32 miles of raging open ocean. I took five ibuprofen before, and I had acute gastritis all the way across. I mean, I just, I retched all the way across. It was on my board. I thought I was going to die in half hope that I would. The next year, I used a prescription pain formulation. And I love these because with the current opioid crisis, there's a lot of inducements by insurers to get you to prescribe these opioids, which a course of disasters, a lot of patients just plain don't need. And so, the topical medications I love because you're getting very powerful medications like ketamine, gabapentin, amitriptyline, bupivacaine down through the skin right to the source of the pain. So, you have very small blood levels. And so, you take a patient with a diabetic neuropathy as an example, and instead of being on high doses of lyrica and gabapentin, you know, they're on the topical pain creams and they can reduce those oral doses. and you really get back to kind of living again. And then on the, the OTC side, I've been using this product you may know called Solent It's a four percent lidocaine cream. And find that the topical creams are expensive. And they are, trust me. I mean they used to be a couple of thousand dollars. They're so now down to two hundred two or three hundred dollars. And if you have serious pain, I still love them. You know, if you've got diabetic neuropathy, they're they're fantastic. But you know, I really advocate reaching for topical medication as opposed to ibuprofen or advil. Ibuprofen uh, 16,500 deaths a year. acetamin, probably three or four hundred deaths a year. The leading or second cause of or need for liver transplants in most years. And so the topical formulations tend to be safe, safe, safe. I love that the, the salinpas is available OTC. Your doctor obviously can write formulations for either from you know major pharmaceutical companies or single agents. There are some good antes as an example, or these compounding pharmacies. The good ones again have terrific you know terrific backgrounds and. They've been wonderful. I've used them exclusively. I mean, I rarely ever take ibuprofen anymore. I use these in my pain. And I just think it's a great solution. You know, in Europe and the United Kingdom, they use topicals first for pain. And I only have kidding. He was asking this Harvard professor, rheumatologist. I said, okay, so you've got a patient with osteoarthritis. What's the first thing you're going to give them? So, well, ibuprofen. Oh, well, fine. So they come back three months later. They've recovered from their heart attack and their GI bleed. Now what are you going to give them? Well, I'm going to give them acetaminophen. Okay, fine. Another three months goes by. They've had their liver transplant. They're back now. We're going to give them. So I said it facetiously, but I mean, obviously, there are people that suffer those dreadful side effects from what are seemingly innocuous medications, and they're really not. You can take ibuprofen, take some Zantac or something with it to protect your stomach. But you know, the topicals, if you have focal pain, are fantastic. So I get patellofemoral arthritis from ski racing and from the stand-up surfing. So. I think the topicals are great for that, and I'll use songntas if it's minor, use a bigger gun if it's a little bit more major, but I just think it's a great solution, and especially with the opioid epidemic, I just you know I love the topicals and I think they're a great first choice as opposed to opioids for patient satisfaction.
0: One last question because we're running out of time with Dr. Bob Arnott, and that is it was a real big thing. pain is the fifth vital sign, all that talk. Do you think maybe we overdid it as physicians? Like, do you think we contributed to this opioid epidemic because of the way they had been prescribed? I think there's more tightening now, but over the years?
1: I mean, listen, we caused it. There was a physician who, you know, was really sort of saying, you know, you you can't give too much of these. They're fine. you are really got to call the patient's pain. I remember that we were taught that you should be using, you know, really quelling the pain. If you did this, they weren't going to get addicted. And then the insurers, if you read recently, PBMs, getting these things for pennies. And there is no rebates for a person when rebates for some of these. And so there's been a real impetus to use these. And, you know, it's look, it's the easy route. You know, we try to do a topical formulation. We're got to fight with insurer, the PBM, we have going to make the phone calls, so we have to go back and forth. The path of least resistance has been opioids. And so, sure, I mean, I think we as physicians have contributed a great deal to it, but we've been pushed, you know, we've been pushed off of the gangplank there by the PBMs. Who really feel that it's the least expensive choice, and th- their concern really is what happens to their insured patient over the course of six months or a year, not what happens three or four, or six, ten years out when they may become addicted and you know may end up in just the most terrible circumstances. I don't think there's a family in America that hasn't touched by been touched by this crisis. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, you think of you know World War II in England, where every family was losing family members to a bombing attack, or went down on a ship like the HMS Hood, or were killed out in the fighting fields or killing fields of of France, You know, we're all losing a generation here to the opioids, and it's one of the greatest tragedies in American life. Now, clearly the topical formulations aren't the whole solution, but I think it's a great solution to think of when you have a patient that comes in with mild to moderate pain.
0: Dr. Bob Arnott, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care Today on Breach MD. It's been a real pleasure having you with us, and I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Hey, Brian, it's
1: my pleasure. I really love the show, and thanks so much for doing it. I know many of us enjoy what you have to say and the wonderful choice of guests you always have.
0: This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you want to hear this program, hear the whole thing, you can always get the podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Until next time, stay healthy.